going to receive from him with joy today. We're going to respond. We're going to allow the Lord to speak to us. With joy and great honor, we welcome Michael Cook to come preach the word this morning. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Waymaker. I can just kind of hang out there and waymaker for a while. I don't know about y'all, but man, Josh and team, you guys just were banging today. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Um, it is an honor and privilege to be here this morning to speak to you this morning. Um, I, I don't take this lightly at all. Um, I come, my heritage is this, and I know what we get fed every week from Pastor. Amen. And I'm telling you something last week, boy, the Lord spoke to us yes. in a mighty way, and I'm, I'm believing that He's got a word for us today yes. um, that He's going to deliver through yes. us today. So um, let's dig right in. Okay. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 10. Verse 30, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. This is a response to a question that Jesus was asked. He was asked this question, who is my neighbor? And this is his response. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when they saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Yes. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on the oil and the wine. Yeah. Yes. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave, him, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend... I will, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he answered, he who showed mercy on him. Yes. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence. You. Oh, what a sweet, sweet presence and powerful presence you've already blessed us with today. I ask you, Father, to anoint my lips this morning to bring what you would have me to bring to this body. I pray, Father, you would anoint the ears hearing this, and it would have a move, mighty move of God for your glory. You are in control, Holy Spirit. This is your room. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, of course, I think everybody in the room probably has heard in one capacity or another the story of the Good Samaritan. It's been in many illustrations. I've heard it in many sermons in my life, heard it in a few songs. It is something that's been definitely well-traveled, through the years, and it has certainly set the standard yes. for Christian living, yes. Christian behavior, yes. since the conception of the church. Yes. Today, I want to focus in on a little bit of different perspective on the Good Samaritan story. I want to focus on three words from verse 30. From, first, from verse 30 again, the Master Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. I want to speak to you today a message entitled, Down from Jerusalem. All right. We do not know the identity of this man. 
Jesus said, a certain man. It could have been any man, any person at that time of day that was going to make this journey, this trek down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The city of Jericho lays about 18 miles down from Jerusalem at the foot of the hills of Judah in the plains. It was a steep descent. In fact, Jerusalem sits about 3,300 feet above sea level. Jericho sits about 700 feet below sea level. So you can imagine that 4,000-foot trek, 18 miles, is a pretty mountainous range. I was reminded when I read this text, Lisa and I had the the blessing and opportunity after we got married to go to Colorado, something I dreamt to do all of my life. I wanted to go to Colorado. I I share with you about Montana. I wanted to ride horses and on the mountains and all those type of things. But I definitely wanted to go to Colorado. So we had the privilege to go. And I remember we, when we were hikers, we loved to hike. So to paint this picture a little bit for you, when we were hiking, I remember distinctly feeling this protective feeling inside of me. And I couldn't imagine why. What was, what was yeah, we're hiking. It's beautiful. It's mountainous. It's God's creation. We're in, you know, we're in the bliss of our honeymoon, right? So why am I feeling this overwhelming protective need to protect? And as we traveled down several of the trails, I noticed it was windy, turn, twist, yeah. back and forth, set big boulders here. There was a couple caves there. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And I can remember it as a child thinking I loved watching, I still love today, watching National Geographic yeah. and the animal shows. And I, th- I think of lions, mountain lions. What do they do when they're stalking their prey? In fact, some mountain lions will single you out, get you off to yourself. They typically go after the weak Uh or the injured. Uh And they typically try to find the perfect ambush place, whether it be a cave, a den, a mountain, and the top of a tree. So as we're walking, I found myself, Pastor, I found myself, I didn't know if I needed to be ahead of her. Do I need to be behind her? Uh We've got past this curve. Where do I need to be to position myself just in case something were to attack my beautiful bride? which I wouldn't allow to happen. That much, very much, when I read this passage, reminded me of that time. It was a mountainous range. It was a road, an 18-mile trek, 4,000 feet down in a very hot, very, very, very little precipitation in that area. In fact, there were so many different places for a den of thieves to strike. In fact, the, the way was known as the Bloody Way. It was known as the bloody way. In fact, it was known to be the most dangerous road in all of Palestine. So I have a few questions to ask. Why would anybody want to leave Jerusalem? Why would anybody want to leave Jerusalem to go to Jericho? The, The scripture doesn't say. The scripture doesn't tell us the identity of the man, this certain man. Could have been you, Brother Dean. Could have been I, could have been anybody. It could have been any man making this trek. Was he on business? We don't know. Was he running from something? Or someone? Was he running to something? Or to someone? We don't know. What enticed him? Think about it. The most bloody way, the most dangerous road in all of Palestine. What could entice a man to take an 18-mile trek down to Jericho? The scripture, again, just does not tell us. Which likens me to believe that 
It could have been any man, you or I. And I don't think that, I think the Lord deliberately left that piece of the puzzle out for a message for you and I today. I believe he left it out to number one to let us feel and know that we need to always want to dwell and live in Jerusalem. He wants us to live and dwell there. In fact, I have to believe that, that Jerusalem was a pretty peaceful place. If, after all, the king lived in Jerusalem. So what all order, all peacefulness is going to happen in Jerusalem? Well, the ideal place to live. Name that place in your head for you. That's what I think Jerusalem was. Why would anybody want to leave Jerusalem? In fact, Nelson's Bible Dictionary defines and says the meaning of Jerusalem is in possession of peace. Yes, yes. God, that you would let us dwell in our homes every day. Jerusalem, let us have peace in our homes. Let us have peace in our school systems more so than ever. The things that are being taught, things that are being done in our schools, let there be Jerusalem. Let, the, 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 let us be in possession of peace in our schools, in our city, in our nation, our country. My God, I, you, you watch the times. I, I have a hard time watching any news, any station anymore. I, mean, I, I think we all probably had our go-to news stations. I have a hard time even going to that one anymore, right, truth right. be told, or those one or two that I might want to peruse. But God, let us grant, grant us that we would have the peace that passes all understanding in our homes. Because yes, yes, we are definitely living in very turbulent times. Amen. Again, watch the news. You think, and I think of the turbulent times we live in, and every one of us get up every day and face, not just ourselves, but I think of Ukraine and Russia. Yes. Yes. I think of balloons from China. The attack on Christian values are everywhere in every aspect of our lives. We are under attack more so than I've ever seen in my short 49 years. I've never seen this much attack on the values of being a Christian. That's why I'm so glad to see Asbury break out. Glad to see Lee break out. God is sovereign. God knows what he's doing. It gives me a peace of mind that, you know what? Yeah, we are under attack, but he's still on the throne, and he's the king of kings, and he knows exactly what was going on in this world, and he's in control. It reminds me that it rains. The Bible tells us it rains on the just and the unjust. So we are to expect and know that troubled times are going to come and visit our homes, our lives, our families. If we know these times are coming and we, we can see and know that, you know what, the Lord is in control, but these times are coming in our lives. Maybe you won't be so blown away if you know they're coming and you won't want to leave the place of Jerusalem. You want to leave the place of peace. You'll hold on to that place longer instead of running to the unknown or down to Jericho. I researched the definition of Jericho. And I, I searched every, every, every source I could find. And, and I even reached out and sought some help from a mentor and said, hey, look, what can you uh, share with me about the meaning of Jericho? And the only thing I could find about Jericho was, the def Nelson said, the definition is unknown. So again, let me ask you this question. Why would anybody consider leaving the place of peace to go to the unknown? Why would they leave Jerusalem to take a treacherous trek down an 18-mile mountain where there's praise and thieves and robbers waiting to steal, kill, and destroy their life? Why would they do that? I can't comprehend anyone that would want to do that or leave the place of peace to go to Jericho, which is the unknown. It blows my mind. God never promised us, ever, that we would not go through trials and tribulation. We wouldn't have problems. 
Right. We wouldn't we wouldn't have to stare things in the face. We wouldn't ever thought we'd have to stare in the face. He didn't prom he didn't promise that there a rose garden, if you will. Right. He promised us troubles and challenges every day in our lives. In fact, I was listening in this morning getting ready and, and, and mom had some some worship going, which is wonderful. I was trying to prepare and um, the, how did he go? Um, he never said the cross would not get heavy. Yes. He said the cross would never be heavy to bear. In fact, quite frankly, he said the opposite. We would encounter those problems and challenges. So when they come, and they're coming, if you're not experiencing, you may be experiencing them today. You might be right in the middle of one of those big things in your life today. Know that when they're coming, they're coming. But he did promise us <laughs> that he would give us the grace. That it's sufficient to follow through. He promised he would never give us anything that would be too heavy for us to bear or hand or take care of. I can understand why anyone would choose to leave Jerusalem in place of peace and go to Jericho. But as we know, as we travel life, life's journey is going to take us down trails and roads. I began referencing those, that trail in Colorado. We went down in the valley, walked back up to the mountaintop, and each time, life's going to take us through valleys. Sometimes we're going to walk around the midday sun, and it's going to be a gorgeous. We're going to be on top of the mountain. There's going to be days that we're going to travel in the midnight hour when it's dark right. and lonely and don't know which way to go, which way's up. And life will take us, unfortunately, it will take us away from the place of peace. Life will take us away from Jerusalem down into Jericho. And on that road, he does take us away from the place of peace and, and, and down into Jericho. That road is going to be probably riddled with thieves and liars, mm -hmm. thieves and robbers mm -hmm. that lay in wait to kill, steal, and destroy our joy. That's what Satan's job is. Right. Single us out, get us by ourselves, get us away from the, the body to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his focus. Let's look again at what happened to this man. And again, it could have been any man. It, just a certain man. It could have been anybody. He, let's look at what he did, what they did to him. No, the first, there's four things that they did to him. Yes. First thing that, they, he, that he did, he fell among thieves. Yes. There's been plenty of times in my life that I fell among thieves. Right. I don't know about anybody else in here, but I have fallen among yes, thieves. Sir. I have fallen among thieves, thieves, and they're hell-bent for stealing my joy, my peace, my health, my victory. The devil will try to steal everything that he can. It is pure and holy in your life. Even to the point of stealing your soul. I can hear God telling Satan, you can take his houses. You can take his land. You can take his children. You can take his wealth. You can take his health. But Satan, you can't touch his soul. That's one thing we can rely upon wholeheartedly. He cannot touch our souls. Yeah, yeah, and that, that we, are, we belong to God and yeah. God alone. He can't take our souls. We may fall among thieves in this, in this journey of life. And he may take our wealth, our money, our, 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 you know, our children. He may take it. He may take it. He may. But we belong to him and he can't, he can't take our souls. Second thing is they stripped him of his clothes. The enemy of our souls... The force of equal, they hunger to strip us. That's right. Not just satisfy to strip us of our clothes. They'll strip you of everything down to nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They left this man stripped. Coming from a man that's been stripped right. down to nothing. Once you get far away from the peace of Jerusalem and you get down the trail going to Jericho all by yourself, 
and there's no peace there. He will strip you if you allow him. When you get face to face with him, he will strip you. He'll strip you whatever he can. I thought sometime, one time, that I had, you know, I had it going on. I had possessions. I had vehicles. I had houses. I had different things. He left me in a whimpering, sniffling fetal position. That's what the, the destroyer, that's what the lion does. He yeah. seeks to destroy, kill, and steal from every one of us. Yeah. That the, and those times come, the only thing you can do, and it, the best thing you do is throw yourself on the mercy of God and say, God, I need you. You are the only one in the midst to know that you will never be left, you'll never be out of his care. I don't care if it's self-induced. I don't care if you made a wrong Amen. decision. I don't care if you intentionally went down a wrong trail. There are times you fall among thieves and it's not your fault. That he's stealing and killing and destroying what you've got going on. But even if you make it, it's self-induced and you've done it to yourself. God is there. He will yes. not, yes. you will never be out of his care, period. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, but there will never be a time that you're out of his care and his will. And that for that, I'm grateful. They wounded this man. He was wounded. He was stripped. He was wounded and left for half dead. Anybody been Met a gang of thieves in your life sure. that would stripped you of yes. whatever you had, yeah. wounded you, yes. maybe a relationship wounded you and left you, yeah. feeling absolutely completely desolate, distraught, mm-hmm. in a hurt place. I'm trying to describe where this man was at today, good. what he laid in the ditch and was feeling, yeah. stripped, wounded. And left. I'm sure that I'm not the only one here today that has been that, in that place. I'm sure that there's a few here today. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, have you ever gone at that when you're at that place and gone and asked for help and felt like you potentially possibly were looked over? You, maybe you didn't look just quite right. Maybe you didn't quite fit in. Maybe you had a tattoo. Maybe you just didn't look the part. Maybe you just didn't fit the ilk of what somebody, that, that somebody was looking for. I wonder why God put, the word says, a priest came by and looked at him and passed by on the other side. This was God's man. This was God's man that walked right down and looked at somebody stripped, wounded, half dead, laying there. Again, maybe he thought, he's robbed, he don't have any money. Doesn't fit the ilk that I'm looking for. I can tell you this much. I'm glad do I go to a church with whosoever. It doesn't matter what you look like and who you are and how much money you have. You're welcome in this place. That's what this church was built on. It will continue to be built on that principle alone. I believe. I believe. Sorry, Pastor. I believe. That's my belief. I know that uh, when I was laying in the ditch and I could not begin to imagine the cries that I cried from the bellows of my gut. God, are you there by myself? Anybody been by yourself and praying, God, where are you? I can tell you this much. Even when you don't feel it. Even when you're looking up from a ditch and you maybe don't see it. And you see a priest, God's man. Maybe he had his collar on backwards. I don't know. Maybe he had a $1,500 suit on and his white shirt and tie on. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But I can tell you this much. 
The Lord, he's working and when you, on your behalf on every second. He doesn't miss a beat, and you've got to believe and wholeheartedly know that that's what's going on. He is the way maker. Thank you for that, Josh. Today, team, good Lord. Um, <laughs> I think of the, the Levite that came down next down the road and having a long, long heritage um, and grateful, grateful for that heritage. Um, tradition, like religion. I think the priest represents religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Religion can't help you when you're laying in that ditch. That's right. That's There's right. nothing religion can do for you. That's right. Religion can't pick you up by that ditch. Religion can't do anything for you. Tradition, the same thing. I don't care if you're how many... I don't care if your great-grandfather bought this pew that's got his name on it 37,000 years ago. Tradition can't do anything for you. When you're hurt and you're stripped and you're wounded and laying in the ditch, it can't help you. It cannot do it. Tradition's not the one that's going to do it for you. Again, I'm thankful for my heritage. I know pastors as well. We're thankful and grateful for where we came from. But that tradition cannot do anything for you when you're laying in the ditch hurting. That's so true. I tell you, when you, when you fall among thieves and you're stripped and you're wounded and you're left half dead and, you, and you've left and you come down from the place of peace into the unknown, you need somebody, somebody that will come along and have compassion on you. If you've ever laid in that dish, you ever, a dish, you ever had somebody come along and give you compassion and take you out of that ditch and bind up your wounds. I'm not talking about physical wounds entirely. I'm talking about in here. I'm talking about in here. I'm talking about the wounds that can't be seen. You need somebody come. He said a certain Samaritan came down in his journey, and he found him, and he picked him up. He had compassion. And he bound his wounds, put him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, cared for him all night long. I can tell you this. I've had a good Samaritan in my life. And as long as you remember that good Samaritan that come and drug you out, and I can tell you some stories that turn your hair upside down if you have some, like me, not like me. <laughs> that would turn your head upside down. You know, there's a lot of, lot, I'm sure each one of you got your own horror stories or, or stories that you could share. But that, if you remember that Samaritan that came along, that was representing the Christ. Yes. 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 And the thing about it, Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't like each other. Right. They didn't like each other at all. In fact, they were at odds. And, and I think at times God will use somebody that the least likely person that you possibly could imagine to come and minister the oil and the wine. Yes, yes, he will. The oil for, he- oil for healing and the wine for cleansing. Oh. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That good Samaritan will carry you back up to the place of peace, back to Jerusalem. Only God can help you when you go down from Jerusalem and you get yourself singled off and you're down somewhere on that 18-mile trek. I think it was somewhere around, I think the, the end of um, Jericho was about eight miles down from Jerusalem. So he traveled eight miles. I wonder how long those, those thieves, that lion, tracked him, stalked him, until he'd get him to a place. What I found to be true in my life is when you get down from the place of peace and you think you can handle it yourself or you can go at it alone. Come on. I know this, the cougar, the lion, they're less likely to tackle Two people. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. One thing that, in hindsight, that I always knew when we were walking, at least I were walking, I felt like if there was a cougar stalking us, of course I was with a cougar, but anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> 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 so 
sorry. I am so sorry, Pastor. I am so sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should just crack that at the beginning because it will loosen me up more. But um, <laughs> what, what? What? Wow! 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 Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. What? What I knew preserved. One of the things that preserved us was that there was two of us. And I like to think I'm a pretty strapping guy. It definitely was much more a couple years ago when I was working out six days a week. But I, I, we, were, we were more secure. We were bonded together. That lion that was stalking, potentially stalking us, that possibly was. We don't know. I don't know. But I know this. In life's journey, he's stalking. He's stalking. And I don't care if you are. You may be in a place of Jerusalem today. You may have the peace. Josh and team, will you come play with me? I have some place to use pastor's words. I have some, uh, some room to travel yet, but I just want to kind of set a, a little bit of an ambiance. You may be in a place of Jerusalem today. You may be rolling along and have the peace that passes all understanding, and thank God that's true. But I know that God sent me here today to tell you the ones that are not in Jerusalem. That's right. God sent me to tell you today that if you are in the place of the unknown, yes. Yes. God sent me today to tell you that even when you don't see it, you don't, you don't feel it. You don't know it. He's working. Because the Bible says <laughs> a certain Samaritan came to where he was and showed him compassion and poured in the oil and the wine. This Jericho today, I think the Lord wants us to deal with this Jericho, the unknown. You may be laying up at night thinking, God, I'm in a job that I really don't feel very appreciated. You may be in a barren place spiritually. You don't think, you know, wonder, is, is there, are you there, God? Maybe wondering about that prodigal. You may be laying in that ditch today. You may be hurting. You may be wondering which way's up. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know where to go. I went to find help. And I didn't look right. Or maybe, just maybe, I didn't come from the right tradition. But I'm hurting, God. Maybe, just maybe, this Jericho, God wants to deal with today. Maybe God wants to reach into your heart those wounds that can't be seen pour some oil for healing. Maybe he wants to pour some wine for cleansing today. Do you remember Jericho? Anybody remember Jericho? Those walls, those thick, thick city of walls. In fact, those walls were so thick they could line three chariots up side by side by side and they could travel around it. Maybe you feel like you're right in the middle of Jericho today. And every which way you turn, you run into another wall. And you're hurting. And God forbid you ran into a priest. Or somebody that maybe snubbed their, careful, snubbed their nose at you. Maybe you lost a spouse. Maybe you lost a family member. Maybe you've even lost your job. You don't know which way's up. Maybe you just don't feel 
like there's anything redeemable about you. Maybe there was something, and the Lord spoke to me specifically and said, there's some old wounds. Some old, old wounds. I don't care. The Lord doesn't care if these wounds happened Wednesday or 10 years ago Wednesday. Or as a child. There's some wounds that he wants to pour some oil on today. He wants to pour the wine in for cleansing. Jericho. Pastor Tim, you know what happened the seventh in Jericho when Joshua showed up? They marched around that Jericho seven times. And on the seventh time, the Lord told them to do what? The Lord told them to blow their trumpets and shout. He told them to blow their trumpets and shout. And what happened to those walls? They fell. And I'm telling you today, I feel the Holy Spirit told me today that he's here to pour some oil and wine and some wounds that are old and hurting and need to be healed and cleansed. You may not be able to blow a trumpet. God knows I can't blow a trumpet. I have no idea how to blow a trumpet and blow it effectively. I have no musical ability, quite frankly. I think I can play uh, Archie Bunker's theme song on the piano. And it's pretty cool, too. I learned it at a young age. But um, Archie Bunker, boy, I hadn't thought of that in 943 years. <clears throat> I don't know what to do. I'm laying awake at night. It's taking a toll on my body. I just don't know what to do with this. You may have had somebody leave you. Stripped. I have. Wounded. The Lord wants to deal with your Jericho today, whatever that Jericho is. He wants to pour the oil and wine in today. So I asked the team today, and I want you to have complete liberty. I love you to, to, to worship however you want to worship, but I believe wholeheartedly, with all my heart, if you will, and there's no wound too old. I don't care if there's scar tissue on top of scar tissue on top of scar tissue. I don't care if that same wound's been re-irritated and bled again multiple ten times. It hadn't had the oil and the wine applied to it. So however you feel that you feel led to worship today, we can't blow a trumpet. I don't have a trumpet. We can't blow a trumpet today. But I can tell you one thing we can do. The Lord told them to blow their trumpets the seventh time they walked. And those walls came crashing down. They came to the king down. And I don't think there was one stone on top of another when it came down. We can shout. We can shout. And I'm asking you today to trust the Lord that he's going to put the Holy Spirit here today. So however you want to come to the front, you want to pray, you want to stand, however you want to do it. Whatever you want to do, I want to shout Jesus today. I want to shout Jesus to your Jericho, wherever that lays, whatever that is. Let him pour the oil and the wine in today and bask you in his presence. Sing it, team. Place you don't know what to do, and there's walls built in your heart. Whatever it is, don't 
don't pass this moment up. He's here. He's here. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Father. Magnify you. I praise you. Get free today. Get free today. Holy, holy, holy. You are holy, 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 Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Holy, holy. Hey, it's stirred this morning. I don't know if anybody here doesn't know the Lord, but today's a great day to come home. Today's a great day. Today's a great day. If there, if you, if you just want to, if you maybe drifted just a hair, and maybe you've left that place of peace and want to rededicate your life today is a great day to do that. He's here and He loves you. He loves you. He will come to where you are. He will come to that ditch. He will come to where you are and He will. He will administer oil and wine and bandage your bandage or your cuts, your bruises, your scars. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I praise you. And you just lift your hands again and give Jesus the worship and the praise. We magnify you, Christ Jesus. We honor you in this house. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you've done that we've not sensed. And we thank you for what you've done that we have sensed. Lord, I'm confident that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you have searched hearts and minds. And there's been some resolutions made, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for healing wounds, old wounds new wounds and we thank you for the call to be the samaritans in the earth to pour in the oil and the wine on those that might be rejected by others lord this house will forever be that way lord and we give you the praise in jesus name can you give god a hand clap of praise for its powerful word just keep where you are amen amen powerful word uh, delivered with so much compassion